hello, welcome back. My name is Ellie Angel Mobs, and this is Living with Endo, the H to Z of endometriosis, a podcast in conjunction with the amazing charity that is Endometriosis Australia. I'm an ambassador for them. And I just want to give a big shout out to all of the endovirus who are listening across Australia. We love you for tuning in. But also to our friends across the ditch in New Zealand, there's people listening to this podcast. Uh, We've got listeners in Denmark, France, the UK, the US. This podcast is going global and it is such an honour to be the host of this. I just want to be able to share as much information and awareness about endometriosis because it does affect myself and one in nine and I know it can be such a lonely journey. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, But right now in this episode, I'm really excited because we're going to catch up with the leaders of the Endometriosis Australia team, two incredible women who right now can do the honours and introduce themselves. My name's Donna Chicher. I'm the director and co-founder of Endometriosis Australia. Hello, I'm Alexis Wolfe. I'm the CEO of Endometriosis Australia. Thank you so much. You're both very busy people, but wanted to have a chit chat with you about all things Endometriosis Australia. Donna, I want to hear, because you are the brains behind this, you are the director and co-founder, what was your endometriosis experience? Um, My endometriosis experience was that I wasn't diagnosed until I was 31. So a very long delay in diagnosis. And I think when I look back now, I can see, you know, all those symptoms when I was 16. Mm. So um, the gift of hindsight, I suppose that's called. Um, I had stage three endometriosis um, and my surgery was by Professor Jason Abbott. So we uh, stuck our heads together and came up (laughs) with um, some concepts for endometriosis Australia along the journey of my disease. I then four years later after my first surgery, I naturally conceived my son and tried for many years to have another child, um, even using IVF. I then went on to have stage four endometriosis with um, having a liver resection and endometriosis in my diaphragm with with adhesions to the pericardium. So that's the lining around the heart. It still blows my mind whenever you talk about the fact that endo has reached your heart because I know a lot of people will experience, you know, just down in their reproductive organs. However, it can go anywhere. It's been found in the brain. I've got a friend who's got it in their lungs. And I think when you share your story, it makes it seem even more scary when you're saying, I've got endo on the heart. Well, it's not quite on the heart. It's the adhesions, but, you know, it's close enough. You know, it's an inoperable spot um, because of the risk of herniating the heart through mm. the diaphragm. So we made the collective decision that let's not kill Donna. Let's just let's leave keep it her, there. Because she is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's got a little kid at the time. Let's just keep her around for a little bit longer. Um, but I think the liver, you know, having a liver resection, you know, that was probably the most frightening of surgeries for me. And um I, you know, I was definitely a basket case and I had a very cool as cucumber surgeon assisting on doing that surgery with Jason and uh, he was, um, I don't know why you're upset, Donna. I don't know why you're anxious. I'm like going, well, it's probably nothing I anticipated ever doing. Um, but I, he, I would trusted their skills. You know, that was the thing. 
and trusting the skills of the surgeon that I had. Yeah. So from that, you and Professor Jason Abbott, you put your heads together and you created Endometriosis Australia. How many years ago was it now? I think we're coming up to 10. Wow. Coming up to 10 years that we started the process of creating Endometriosis Australia, although we probably started talking about it 10 to 15 years before that maybe 10 years before that yeah and I had a small child who was on a spectrum so I wanted to spend more time with him so it just wasn't the right time mm. um to start something but um yeah we did talk we talked and talked and Jody was definitely a catalyst in motivating us to put that talk into action and what made you want to create it was it because there was just no information around or support for those people going through it? Looking back, I think at the time I was thinking, do I put, you know, I just got um, my son into school and it was like, do I put my energy into autism or do I put my energy into endometriosis? And my rationale was that people had heard of autism. Mm. They sort of, whilst they didn't have a complete understanding of it, they had at least heard of it when no one had heard of endometriosis. Absolutely. I remember when I got told so the first thing, it was like, what is this thing? Where I have no idea what's this word. You know, it really is quite scary. And then I remember I Googled endometriosis charity and Endometriosis Australia popped up and that's when I contacted you and I said, I, I want to be a voice for you guys because this is such a lonely and scary experience and we're still here, we're now, we've got a podcast, we're doing things. Um, what are some of the achievements over the years for Endo Australia? I think it's all been a bit of a blur. Um, <laughs> I remember the, um, I was just so busy doing. I've come to the conclusion that I've just spent the last decade doing and so I haven't really... Um, had time to process mm. everything that um, we've achieved. But I like to think that we've grown a community, we've grown a team, and uh, we've still got a long way to go. But for once, uh, Endo Warriors around the country and even around the world, because we've touched people around the world, have a voice. And um, I think that sort of started that movement to to share voices and people to have their voices heard. You know, we've got things like we can look at landmark things like the National Action Plan and um, getting on the agenda and all that type of thing. Mm. But I, I like to think that, you know, one thing we've been able to do is give patients a voice and families that are affected. You know, it's, it doesn't just affect the person with the disease. It affects everyone around them and we need to acknowledge how we can support them as well in the in the respect of um, knowledge and understanding and knowing that the patient isn't just making it up that they're not a flake they're not lazy that it is a real thing that they're going through I think the times have changed though families are a lot more supportive now than when I was younger Oh, absolutely. Because there's an understanding around now. And it's interesting you mentioned as well, touching people overseas. I get messages on my Instagram. Um, I've had one from, oh, actually a couple from people in the UK who were going through endo and they, I Googled podcast endometriosis and this flashed up. So that's how we're touching people around the world. And that's, you know, one of the big things I think that we need to be proud of is it's giving those people a voice. Now we are about to um, have a chat with Alexis, the brand new CEO. What made you go, we need to hire someone to fill the boots big ceo we needed someone with 
um, amazing skills, which I don't have. <laughs> I have lived by the motto of fake it till you make it uh, for the last decade. So um, I think that was um, part of the rationale. Plus, I've gone back to uni yeah. and am studying my master's in research. So it was time for me to take on a new role within endometriosis because, of course, I'm doing it on endometriosis. Um, it was time for me to take on a new role and for my baby to grow up and leave home. Yes. Yeah, looking to your future. So, Alexis, welcome to the Endometriosis Australia family. You are the new CEO. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It is week two. My feet have firmly hit the ground and I'm absolutely running. And you're sitting here on the Zoom call wearing yellow. I am. I'm, I'm true to the brand. It's so funny now. Every time I go to the shop, I'm like, oh, that's a nice yellow top. That's a nice yellow dress. Yes, I'm going to get that because I'm going to wear that. You just start I'm exactly the everywhere. same. I even have my husband. He constantly walks around looking at yellow things. He told me last night that he nearly stopped a woman on the street because she was wearing a yellow jacket and he was going to ask her where she bought it from. <laughs> He's a keeper. I need to train my husband to start he doing is. that. Well, congratulations <laughs> on being CEO for Endometriosis Australia. What is your per personal experience with endo? Uh, well, I also am an endo warrior, so it's it's an incredibly um, humbling opportunity to be leading the organisation as someone with the disease as well. I was diagnosed officially in 2019 when I had my surgery and confirmed that I had stage four endometriosis. So I had heard about the uh, condition when I was younger. My mum actually has endo, so Ellie, there's a you know a commonality there in terms of that. Um, family history mm -hmm. but I think as many women in that generation they had been gaslighted for a long time but also they'd been told really to just get on with their lives and not to really talk about it so my mum being the heroic wonderful independent woman that she is she just soldiered on and didn't really speak much about what endometriosis was so it wasn't until I had a very very bad incident um, in 2018 where I thought this is this is not right I was rushed to my GP and we went and had finally had some tests mm. that they suspected that I had endo and I started looking at what actually the condition was. It's interesting using that term gaslighting when it comes to endometriosis. Of course, gaslighting has been a word that's been thrown around here and there. More recently, I hate to even talk about it, but it was on Married at First Sight. There was talk of gaslighting. And it's a, it's a fantastic way of looking at the endo warriors that we have been gaslighted. They have, you know, their, their pain is real. Mm. Their symptoms are real. And, you know, the fact that these people have been told to just get on with life and to ignore the the suffering that they can have on a daily basis it's just not good enough you know th these people should be able to live fulfilling quality lives and they need to be listened to you know there are too many um, people with this condition that then go on to have you know mental health struggles because they are they feel like they're being they're imagining it and they're not they, they absolutely have a very valid condition that is, in many instances, lifelong. And, you know, they're 
are treatments available? Not always the best options um, for them, but there are options and we need to be having a stronger conversation to advocate for these young women who are starting to develop these symptoms to say that pain is not okay. Mm. It needs to be looked into. How did you learn about Endometriosis Australia? And you've been involved with us now for a, a, a while. I have. Well, I first heard about Endometriosis Australia when I first had that uh, scan where the nurse said, look, I think you've got endo. I think you're going to be told that you're going to need to have surgery. And I sort of left the scan thinking to myself, God almighty, what am I in for? And so I went and Googled what is endometriosis? And I went straight onto the Endometriosis Australia website where I just found this plethora of information that was rich, valuable, you know, medically accurate. And that was really important for me. I didn't want to be uh, overwhelmed, confused, uh, even more worried about what this word was mm. when I hadn't really spoken to a health professional about it in more detail. So the Endometriosis Web, um, Australia website was just this really valuable resource that I just kept going back to. I started following them on all of the socials and then started following all of the ambassadors like yourself because I wanted to learn a little bit more about what this disease was. But I actually started to get more involved with the organisation after I cornered Donna at a conference so uh, I was at a marketing and fundraising conference and Donna was actually one of the speakers on that conference list and I thought to myself I am going to stalk her after her presentation and I'm going to give her my contact details and offer to do whatever I can to help with my skill sets so Donna and I uh, had a discussion not long after that, and she had said that she wanted to create a marketing and fundraising advisory committee. And that was where my background had been. And so the committee was created and we now have this really wonderful group of professionals who are bringing their expertise and helping the organisation to drive some more campaigns into market to help with awareness, but also fundraising to be able to do the work that they do. And now you are the CEO. How do you feel about taking on this role? I am honoured, to be honest. I It's a real passion project for me. Um, I think there are many people in life when you think to yourself, there's a real alignment between what I am doing and uh, what I am here on this earth for. And I really feel like continuing to advocate for people with endometriosis is, is a lifelong dream of mine. And I'm really looking forward to having lots of conversations with people across the country, across the world, about what we can do, about what they need and how we can deliver it. And Donna, you're continuing to stay with Endo Australia. What will your role involve? Well, I have always maintained my directorship, so I'm going to be doing all of the board work that is expected of um, the Endometriosis Australia board. So I'll still be involved. Um, I am kind of a, a bit of the IP brains trust, so mm -hmm. Alexis is um, helping me transcribe that into uh, real-time notes so that um, she can continue the great work. But as I said, I will be not disappearing because I have so many questions about endometriosis that I want to answer. So there'll be lots of research projects you'll see me on as well. well. As well as being uh, head stuck in the books doing your master's. <laughs> yes, that one too. <laughs> um, now We're calling Donna our, um, our fairy godmother. 
she'll still be here guiding us all the way. Let's get you a wand and a crown. You need an outfit for that. Be yellow, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Now, Alexis, what have we got planned for the next 12 months for Indo Australia? Oh, there is so much coming up, which I'm incredibly excited about. We actually just met yesterday as a team to go through what the next 12 months have got in store for us. And, and there's lots. So, you know, all of the uh, the usual activity that we do, which is it's not a small feat. We're still continuing to deliver blogs, to do our end of March activities, to continue to raise awareness you know, behind the scenes, we're going to be having more collaborative conversations with other organisations that work in this space, with all levels of government. Uh, we are very much trying to work towards what our ultimate goal is in terms of the next five years, what do we want to see? But the biggest change I think that we're going to be seeing with Endometriosis Australia this coming year is that we're going to be having a real focus on donations. So, We need communities around people who have endometriosis to step up and to donate to us. Endometriosis Australia presently does not receive any government funding. We are are completely reliant on the wonderful generosity of the public. And we want to thank all of our supporters who continue to donate to us. You are amazing. And you are the reason that this organisation has continued to do the amazing work that they have done to date so I just want to start by saying our supporters that we currently have you know big props to you because you are doing an amazing job but we want to mobilize more people to be donors of endometriosis Australia and so we're going to do a lot of work in terms of trying to raise more money because what we need is more research. Yeah. We know that there are there is not enough research in endometriosis at the moment and we're very grateful for the government for the work that they have done to release funds into research projects which is fantastic, but we need to we need to get a wriggle along. <laughs> more work needs to be done and there are Uh, more research projects out there that are desperately wanting funding. We have a grant that we uh, delivered last year for $100,000 worth of um, research funding. We actually received 26 applications for that grant and the total value of all of the applications that came through was a million dollars. So wouldn't it be amazing if we could actually get a million dollars worth of research projects out over the coming years? There is a desire within researchers to look into this condition. So we need to capitalise on that and we need to make sure that they've got the funding available for them to be able to try and get the answers for us that we desperately need. So our goal is to try and increase fundraising so that we can increase the research and provide more answers to endo warriors across the country. It's such an important thing, the donations. And I've recently set up, uh, there's lots of apps now you can download, uh, but there's one in particular, which I've got, and it will round up when you go to the, say, you go to the supermarket and I pay $4.80. It will actually round it up to the next number. So I will pay $5. 20 cents of that will go into a little kitty. And then from that kitty, I'm going to make a big donation to Endo Australia. So, you know, it's those small little things that can add up to give 
the donations because I I, love, I know that COVID especially has made it quite difficult for people to be able to donate a lot of money. But, you know, it, that could be one way you could do it. A piggy bank. Um, maybe Absolutely, Ellie, and that's amazing. A little cake stall at work. I've done that before. That was great fun. I mean, I ate all the cake, but, um, you know, think outside <laughs> the square. Have the girls over. Have a girls' night in. Talk about endometriosis. Have some, you know, some champagne and um, just get people talking about it as well. Absolutely. And thank you so much, Ellie, for um, for op- doing that opportunity of fundraising. The Roundup fundraising is such mm. a simple way. You know, we, we tap away very quickly when we're p- making our purchases for our chais and our shopping and our, you know, bits and pieces. And it can be a really effective way to just put small amounts away for the charity that you choose. And I think that's such a wonderful opportunity. Well, the <laughs> other one that's popped up because it's my birthday this month, Facebook reminded me it's my birthday and would I like to donate? And they obviously see all my posts, which are around Indo Australia. So I, I need to make that sure that's set up, but there's another way that you're able to raise some money. Absolutely. And I was just about to say that birthdays are a wonderful way um, or, you know, Christmas or anything where you're actually thinking, I don't need presents. I just would really value company. What uh, COVID has really taught us is that actually being in the presence of the people that we love is sometimes the best gift that we can be given. Mm. And so many people are actually choosing not to get presents because they just want to spend quality time with the people that they love. And so, you know, I did a birthday fundraiser last year. I was inundated with really beautiful messages and donations from, you know, even acquaintances who I actually didn't realize, but girls that I went to school with who reached out and made a donation. I haven't spoken to them in 20 years and they still made a donation to my birthday fundraiser saying, look, I'm really glad that you have decided to do this because I actually also have endo. And it really creates that community of just sharing your experience and continuing to advocate and raise that awareness that, yes, I have this condition and it's really important to me that, you know, if there's anything that a friend or a family can do, this is the thing that you can do. So many times we have friends and family go, oh, oh, you know, it's really sad that you've got endo. Is there anything I can do? It's like, well, one of the answers could be, I'd love for you to make a donation. So we're encouraging people to do that. So if you'd like to donate endometriosisaustralia.org, it's really easy to click through, find out all the information. And there's some great thought starters too around, hey, you can have a little bit of fun when it comes to raising money. Now, Donna and Alexis, you both went on a bit of a road trip recently. You went down to Canberra and you got to go and hang out at Parliament House with all the big wigs. Tell us. All about your journey down there. All right, so I'm 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 it. Uh, <laughs> Let's hear we, it, Donna. <laughs> well, you've spent a lot of time there. Well, I have, but I think it's just the yellow jacket, and now I've got the yellow joggers to go with it. Oh, so yes. Parliament House is. Oh, I've learnt. I think from my first visit there, don't wear high heels. No, make sure you're wearing super comfy shoes mm-hmm. um, because it's everyone walks really fast and it's a long distance. And there's a lot so of standing it, around sometimes. <laughs> Yes, that too. So uh, we got to visit quite um, a few uh, politicians and um, we discussed with everyone, uh, Endometriosis Australia, Endometriosis, what Endo Warriors, um, you know, what what their thoughts are, what they would like to see. Um, I think that um, we have we were well received which is great uh, we talked about how well our march went and you know the statistics I'll let Alexis talk about the statistics that um, 
she's got them down pat. So in her first week, I it was a baptism of fire of going straight to Amber. Um, and we talked about what we wanted to do going forward as well with um, the politicians. So it was a great bipartisan meeting. So it was really lovely to touch base. I hadn't been to Canberra in over 18 months due to COVID. Um, so it was really good to see everybody and to see that everyone is still as passionate as I remembered about creating change for endometriosis. So that was really good to mm. see. Um, we also got to do Ranskog, uh, their Women's Health Summit, um, the following day. So it was a very busy day. Um, and I'll let Alexis take over um, discussing her perspective mm -hmm. of the baptism um, into Canberra. It certainly was. Um, it was day three and four of me actually being in the role. So, you know, when people are asking for your mobile number, I couldn't remember it. I hadn't you know, memorised my number yet to give to people. So <laughs> it was it was a great opportunity. I, I was really uh, I was not surprised that they so quickly remembered Donna because Donna has done such a brilliant job in terms of being um, a very quiet but prominent ally to endo warriors and being in those hallways, having those conversations on a regular basis. So we were very warmly welcomed by everyone that we met and they all remembered Donna and the work of Endometriosis Australia. And that's a real credit to the work that, um, that she and the other board members have continued to do over the years because uh, it is that relationship building that we have with um, all levels of government um, on every party that continues to get the great results that we will get as we hopefully unlock some more funding in the future. But I was really pleased to see such um, comprehension of the disease. There was no question in terms of its severity, of its impact, of its importance. There was um, resounding commitment that they wanted to do more, that we needed to do more for these people that have endometriosis. Mm. And so I'm really confident that wherever there is an opportunity to provide funding, to have conversations, to keep it in the media that those individuals will do so. Um, I had the, the lovely honour of meeting um, Minister Greg Hunt and I, I reminded him that every time that he says endometriosis on the news that we continue to get an increase of traffic onto our website because people think oh what is that word that the health minister is mentioning I don't understand what that is and that helps um, to Donna's point around the activity that happened in March endometriosis awareness month we had a wonderful month we had an increase of 111 percent website traffic year wow. on year and 89 percent of people that came to our website were new visitors. So that's telling me that we had a significant number of people who were just learning about endometriosis for the first time. And that is great. We want that number to be going up. We want more people to be coming to our website, exploring what this disease is, learning about it, helping their friends, um, helping their family members with this disease by getting themselves educated. And I think that's just, it's a real credit to every every organisation that, um, including Endometriosis Australia, that helps to advocate. But the other part that was so amazing, and Ellie, this is where you come in, our podcast. Our podcast during March 
was phenomenal. I looked at the results and I'm not sure if you know, even know this yet yourself, but we had such significant results. We were number six in Australia in medical podcasts. (laughs) We were number nine in New Zealand for medical podcasts. We were number 23 in Denmark for medical podcasts. We have got listeners from Canada, the US, the UK, Ireland. We've got people in Sweden, people in Spain. And I want to do a shout out to you, Ellie, because this podcast is literally bringing people together across the globe and you are doing an amazing job. So thank you so much for everything that you do. And thank you to our listeners across the globe. It is, it's truly remarkable to think that we're all coming together and listening to this content and learning more about what we can do. So that just great my mind. I had no idea with those numbers. That is absolutely huge. And this is just something, you know, we started and, and look at it go. Uh, we're big in Denmark, guys. That's a good claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ellie, it, it truly is. And we, we really appreciate it. You know, for all the listeners out there, Ellie does this, you know, in her spare time, you know, she works with us to try and get people who she can interview. She's editing it. She's sending it through to our teams and then our teams. Yes, they'll post it and do all the social media elements for it. But, you know, Ellie's doing this just all off her own bat. And we really, really appreciate it, Ellie. You're doing such a wonderful job as an ambassador for Endometriosis Australia. Oh, I love being part of it and I would not change a thing. And I really thought that it would do reasonably well because, you know, you've got especially a lot of young women who are going through it and they may not want to share their story with someone else. So at least if you put in, you have a little podcast listen, it can kind of make you feel like you're not on this journey alone and you can hear from different experts. You can hear all these various things and and just take it with you. Um, You can do it while you're on the bus or anywhere. That's the beauty of a podcast. And I'm so excited that it's doing so well. And and you did mention um, Health Minister Greg Hunt and you got to see him in Canberra. I was fortunate enough to be at the launch of the National Action Plan. Um, and I've got to meet Ms. Minister Hunt very, uh, many years ago. I remember I had a feather boa and threw it around his neck because that's what you do to someone who's high up in Parliament. Why not? <laughs> but he really, every single time I've got to speak to him, he is so aware of how much endo warriors are affected by this disease and you can just tell that he wants to do something and that he's going to continue to um, to push for making a change and one big thing as well when it comes to politics which is what I've learned over the years and shout out to my mum and dad who really have taught me uh, because it wasn't it wasn't so long ago that I had no idea what the difference between Labor and Liberal was um, however I do now know that it's really important to get in contact with your local member start that conversation about endometriosis. You could go and have a cup of tea with them, send them a letter, send them an email, just continue keeping endometriosis top of mind with your local member, because then that discussion gets going into parliament and it just keeps it rolling. And we hopefully will get more funding for research and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Make an incredibly, yes, articulate point there. And yes, now I do know the difference between Labor and Liberal now, guys. It's okay. (laughs) Look, you know, we all learn things at different, yeah. you know, times in our lives. <laughs> and at different roles, obviously, you know. No one has to be straight off the mark. We Sometimes we just need to ruminate for a little while. But, Ellie, you have been amazing. You've been with us since the beginning. And it doesn't matter what we ask you to do. You just throw yourself in. So you've done TV interviews. You mm-hmm. hosted the symposium. 
you have run marathons or half you know done fun runs for us you've put your body on your line so you know i um kudos to you because um you're quite happy to and we've got quite a few ambassadors out there that do exactly the same mm. thing and so it's a big shout out to everyone uh, endo champs community members ambassadors who get behind to make a difference for endo warriors around the country we are so lucky to have such a beautiful team and i love being part of this family donna you need to get back to your studying um, thank you so much for your time on the podcast, the director and co-founder of Endometriosis Australia. All the best for your studies. Thank you. What have you got to go write? A three and thank a half you. thousand word essay or something on philosophy? I do. It'll be, I'm doing patriarchal influence on endometriosis. So that should be a really light weekend Great. ahead of me. Yeah. Look, my job involves playing pink songs and giving away money. So <laughs> not much thought goes into mine. <laughs> And Alexis Wolf, our brand new CEO of Endometriosis Australia. Welcome officially. We cannot wait to see. Well, we've already heard what you've got planned for the next 12 months. I'm really excited to see the next chapter of this uh, amazing charity. Brilliant. Thank you, Ellie. It's been so wonderful chatting with you. Inspirational, incredible humans to be chatting on this episode of Living with Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. That was the Endometriosis Australia director and co-founder Donna Titchia and our brand new CEO, Alexis Wolf. Now, as Alexis did mention, donations are crucial. Donations go towards research, which we'd love for you to help us out with, endometriosisaustralia.org. You can donate there, find out some fun ways to do it. And also as well, while it's top of mind, make sure you send an email, write a letter, get in contact with your local member in parliament, drop the endometriosis word and continue the conversation in parliament. That is also very critical too. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you give it five stars and leave it a review as well because by the reviews and those stars, it does continue to build this podcast up and it alerts others across the world. We want as many endo warriors listening to this podcast and sharing this journey together. I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to chatting to you soon. Take care.